And here we are. Good afternoon. What a world. Welcome. Or maybe good morning. Good evening. Could be any time. And good night. Evening. Who would listen Mm. to this at midnight, do you reckon? Someone wanting to go to sleep? I don't know. This is a bit chaotic. (laughs) (laughs) Go to sleep too. It's a bit too many many giggles and bursts of laughter, I think, for a a good sleep track. I listen to thunder, rain sounds going to sleep. So, Mm -hmm. and this is not that at all. Not the same energy. Anyway, you're listening to uh, Chris and Sarah. Wear the pants. God, I love thunder rain sounds. Mm. Uh, before we go any further, uh, just a reminder that if you want to hear more of this chat in real life, <laughs> <laughs> this scintillated conversation, oh my God. we have live shows coming up in Newcastle on Sunday, the 5th of November. Um, you can buy tickets in the show notes. That is a live show uh, with live comedy from us and then also a live podcast recording. So just so much bang for your yeah. buck. November 5, Newcastle and November 17, Canberra, yeah? Uh, yep, Friday the 17th. Uh, again, same same deal. You will mm-hmm. get comedy from both of us and then a live podcast recording uh, and both those links are on the show notes or on our Instagram. Come at on. Chris and Sarah Weatherpants. We would love to see. We've had people emailing us telling us they're going to come. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Actually, there were a couple of nice little letters this week, weren't there? There are, and I I happen to have them uh, right right here. Uh, So we have – and also I was very fascinated that you spoke to a listener who was a psychologist. I did. And that just stressed me out because we're not psychologically sound. Oh, (laughs) she's not looking for us to be that way. (laughs) She's certainly not looking to us for any kind of guidance. Don't worry about it. Like whenever a professional listens to this, I'm just like a professional researcher or whatever, I'm kind of like, oh, Oh, But you know what? You know what? We, we never pretended to be we do historians or psychologists. We mm. are merely friends mm. that do comedy and are mm. doing a podcast. That's it. I love that. Anyway, hello to that listener um, from Amanda. Queensland. Yeah, shout out. Absolutely. Um, we have a, an email from Natasha who says, please don't stop. I lol every episode so many times. Don't stop planning after drinks. Don't stop just being the way you are. Uh, and also a request uh, from that uh, photo of the beautiful woman. Remember, I think oh, it was yes. 23 is the most beautiful age, yes. one of my favourite episodes, um, the archetypal beautiful woman. I will absolutely post that for you. Natasha, it will be in our story highlights so you can cop a look at her face. I think she's pretty hot. Terrific. Not Not the hottest woman I've ever seen. Um <laughs> The and uh, Natasha had a few pants moments this week. Uh, one was getting paid, which I absolutely love. And then we also heard from a, another listener who says, "I love the podcast. It's like de- getting together with friends every Monday." And then this is a good one, and I'm going to read the whole thing because okay. I think it's really good. My pants moment, this is the listener uh, speaking, is more a pants period of time because it's an ongoing process, oh. which I love. It's in keeping uh, with the recent conversations in your episodes about body image. Uh, I I have been overweight my whole life. Like Chris, I had comments as a child by adults about my weight. I've always felt shame and blame. Uh, recently, I've been listening to some podcasts about body shaming. I'm 52 years old. I've only just realized uh, that people, including medical professionals, have no right to make judgments about my body. Past judgments have left me feeling irrelevant and embarrassed to be me. Oh. So I feel like my pants moment was realizing that I've been bullied by society and others' opinions of my body my whole life, and I believed it all. I've started to be incensed. Oh, yes, rather than embarrassed by these comments and ideas that I'm less of a human because of my outside appearance. So watch out, world. I have been enlightened. Oh, I love that. Obsessed Do with that. Do we have a name? Uh, 
No, mm. we'll, be an, we'll give you an anonymity. Yep. Anonymity. Mm. That is awesome. Thank you for bothering to write to us and sharing that beautiful, you know, absolutely development. And I think a lot of our listeners will relate to it. We've had similar things. Yes. As well. I actually was reading a really funny article yesterday about women's experience just across the board with, um, with medical science, you know, going to a doctor mm. and going to a doctor with any range of symptoms. And it's always, are you pregnant? Do you have your period? You're fat. Yeah. They're the three things you get told. Like, and so many women, like anecdotally that they spoke to in the article had the same experience. It's just like, you're on your period, you're pregnant, you're fat. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or do you have menopause? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like, Whatever, you're being hysterical. Mm. Uh, no disrespect to doctors, but you know, it is, it's a vibe. <laughs> it is a vibe. Yeah. And that's why so many people prefer to go to women GPs for these things yep. that are emotional or unquantifiable or whatever. Mm. Um, and that's why so many women GPs are exhausted, underpaid and leaving mm. the profession. Yeah. That's if you remember from that podcast a few of weeks course. ago where of I course. actually got that information from a, fi- mm. a woman GP. Mm. Well, there you go. Half out there. Got to Th- look after Thank you for other. writing into us. Mm. Um, and you always have us. We appreciate you. We see you. Yep. Um, I'll tell you what I'm actually loving is um, uh, seeing uh, women on, you know, social media or whatever um, – posting outfit ideas for all different kinds of bodies. I just see it more and more. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? And then there's a whole there's a whole thing about like is it an outfit or is she just thin? And yeah, so they'll take some fuck. ludicrous outfit worn on some, you know, whatever model, you know, not not to, you know. That is so relatable. Mm. I, yeah. I that is so true because so mm. often even yeah, the, the trends and things mm. that you see in, in in media. Do you remember that trend? And it's kind of dying off now, thank God. But it would be a dress. Just you'd be like, oh, what a great dress. But there would be holes in the side. Yeah, I like do. just holes. I do remember that. And I'm like, why? I don't want to show that bit. But also, like, yeah. it's a nice dress. Just get rid of the holes. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> if I wanted holes in my stuff, I would like leave it, it to there. the moths. Yeah. yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I have a new bit in my new material. Yeah. Uh, I might just – is that all of the um, letters that we've had? Um, that is the ones I'm going to read today, yep. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. Um, I have a pants moment I'd like to mention, mm-hmm. um, which what? was that I just did some new material um, out of nowhere and I'm, and it was really hard to force myself to do it and I did it and I felt good about <sighs> Great. it. But I'm, I'm mentioning it now because in it I talk about wearing a dress mm. for my friend's wedding as, mm. a, as a bridesmaid. Mm-hmm. And how uncomfortable I was <laughs> in the dress. I, when she asked me to be the – this is year, decades ago. Classic situation though. Uh-huh. Mm. I, when she asked me, I said, I would love to, but please don't make me wear a dress. Mm-hmm. Let me wear a suit mm. or something. Not, mm. you know, and no, nah, it was a dress. And it was a sleeveless dress, which is – I just never, ever wear that. Mm. Did you have to buy the dress and um, kind of yeah, have it? Yeah, I believe it was part of – yeah, that was I, – I can't quite remember the finances of it, but yes, it was my, my dress, I think, and – yeah, that's just, I it don't know. It was hard. I just can't imagine making anyone I know wear something that would make them uncomfortable for any reason. You know, I just think mm. something happens in weddings. People lose their minds lose a tiny their bit, don't they? Minds. They become mm. like, even if they, if, even if you think they won't, mm. they somehow get transfixed by this notion of this is the special day. Mm. And then suddenly they're, they're talking about dress codes, they're making you wear stuff. Mm. You know, I, I heard of someone, this was a, by the by, I can't. I don't remember how I heard this, but someone said that they got invited to a wedding, and as a guest, and in the notes it said, "If you're going to wear anything white, please let the bride know so she can vet it." 
Oh, God. So that you don't wear white. Yeah. I mean, that's the, <laughs> I not, we're, not wearing white is, is pretty common, but like people will then, uh, for me, it's the, um, I mean, I, to be honest, I, I have only been to a couple of weddings, um, like maybe two or three, which I, I loved all of them and I was just a guest. Yeah. So, you know, I wasn't super involved. Um, but for me, it's like, uh, you know, mates who have been in bridal parties or whatever, the sheer amount of events and the cost is mental. Yeah. Like you've got to buy the dress, the outfit, you've got to go dress shopping, you've got to do the bridal, what is it called? The bride, the hens thing. Oh, the hens night. The hens night. Yeah. And then like you've got to like go to the wedding before and like pay for accommodation and stay at a certain spot and then get your hair done. And then you've got to pay for the bride as well. Sometimes they even have run-throughs before the wedding. You yeah, know right. what I mean? Yeah, the a practice. tech run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a, a run-through. I can't remember what they call it. Mm. Oh, like a rehearsal dinner. Yes, rehearsal. Yeah. I don't know. Tell us about your wedding, Chris and Sarah Weatherpants at gmail.com. I've um I've never been married. You've never, you've never yeah. I, for a second I thought you were asking me and I'm like, what wedding? I've never had one. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about your weddings. You know, I I love the it's the happiest day of my life thing. Good and to be fair, I actually love getting I love going to weddings. I really mm. do enjoy it because they're just sun such unapologetically like fun, wholesome, joyous days, but I think there is definitely a dark side. <laughs> To the whole thing. And also like social media has just, I think, set people up for disappointment because it's not, it's mm. just, it's a day, you know, and stuff's going to go wrong. Mm. I know. Mm. Especially if you spend so much money, like the average wedding, I don't know why I know this, but the average wedding in Australia is something like 50 grand. Holy smokes. Mm. I think that's 30 to 50. Part of the reason we never had one mm. um, and went overseas instead. Great. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Six weeks in Europe. Thanks. Oh, that sounds so much better mm. than a wedding. Um. Well, I think I'm up first today. Right. It is a an odd episode. That's if you're keeping track. That is how we uh, do it. <laughs> I've got a real doozy today. I've got a controversial one. Love it. I hit uh, I hit some topics here. So we have um, bagging out religion. We have unpaid internships, Ooh. and we have um, gender inequality. All in the one letter wow. to the editor from 1867. So this wow. is from the. South Australian Advertiser, Thursday, 2nd of May, 1867, page three, if you're following along. And this just goes with this weird theme that South Australia is really progressive that we found out. There's been a couple of other things where I was like, oh, yeah, South Australia did this years before everyone yes. else. And, and also I know we do get a few stories from the South mm. Australian Advertiser yeah. or whatever it mm. is. Yeah. I was very taken with this. Um, so if I have uh, – it's, it's from a very old paper, so I'm reading it as best as I can. I'm pretty sure I've got it. Okay. Uh, sir, will you permit me to thank FED for fail earnest for their hum- for their earnest and humane letter? We know if it's in the spirit of goodness or the spirit of sect sectarianism that guides the pen. But remedy for the social evil does not lie alone in altering the licensing system. This is just in response to a previous letter. Mm-hmm. It lies in providing work for women and girls at wages they can live on. FED says truly there is no hand to save and that's just it. If there was any vitality in Christianity, any real interest in us poor castaways, would not the ladies of this small community take some personal interest in the question of work and its payment for women and girls? Would tradesmen send the volunteer kilts away from the colony to be made elsewhere and women and little children wanting food? Would the inhabitants trade with a slop seller, I love that word, who employs girls for six months under the mask of apprentices without remuneration, mm. and the next six months gives the pitiful sum of seven uh, S, the currency at the time, per week, after uh, shillings, I think, mm. after which they are turned adrift, hopeless, friendless, and penniless. 
And let those who shrink from us forlorn outcasts inquire into the wanton tyranny many of us have differed from uneducated and ill-trained mistresses, not one in 50 of whom either know or seek to know anything of the temper or disposition even of their own children, much less their servants. When we, pariahs, see, quote, solemn, severe and confident Christianity sweep by us without either knowing or caring for anything outside the little spot they call their religion, what can we think but that the pretended interest in the abatement of the social evil, with a few honourable exceptions, is a huge sham and one of the great organised hypocrisies? Ooh. Mm. Go, girl. Absolutely. It's a got, woman? Yep. 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 So basically, in summary, uh, what she's saying is that, um, cool, like you have your organized, you have your, <laughs> yeah, like you have your organized religion, which is fine. And you, you know, preach kindness and all this sort of stuff. But when it actually comes to the poor women who are in this servant class, they just completely disregard them and ignore them. And so basically, it's just saying that Christianity is a sham. Wow. Mm. In 1867. Fuck. Mm. That is some leadership mm. of thought. Yeah, it was just a just a letter, but I just I thought it was so um I loved uh just the way it was worded. Yeah. And I was very surprised that that early. So early. It's mm. it is constantly surprising mm. when the arguments of today showed up so long ago. Mm. Like and once again, we're just we we underestimate people who were around yeah. before 2000. It's um true. very briefly, um research uh, Church of England uh, back then uh, dominated. Uh, then there was the Church Act of 1836, so about 30 years before this, which was made to establish equality between Anglicans, Catholics, Presbyterians, and Methodists. Irish Catholics came through uh, with the gold rush in the 1850s, um, but obviously the first religion in Australia was that of the Indigenous people uh, who have, um, you know, 60-plus y- yeah. years of um of you know their own uh, religion culture exactly right um and it also must be said that the church had a profoundly destructive impact on the indigenous population of australia dispossessing them of their lands and using christian missions to quote unquote civilize indigenous communities Mm. um wow mm, so that is a very very early adopter of what is the church doing um i love what you said earlier about that we underestimate people from history like mm. it's because and it's because I, it's only for me through this what we're mm. doing right now that mm. I am noticing the diversity of opinions that existed mm. in the past that mm. we, that might have been a letter to the editor, mm. a little article here or there. Mm. What we had were taught was the dominant narrative. Exactly right. Right. Yeah. So isn't it wonderful mm. to delve in and find these little bursts of hope mm. from? advanced people with different ideas back then. And I'd imagine the author of this letter when they sat and wrote it in their house never thought that, you know. We would be talking about exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> in 2023. Exactly. A couple of comedians. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought it just points are being made here. Love it. Um, and I have a very uncontroversial opinion about religion in general. Mm. I have a very, like, do you yeah, attitude. Yeah, sure. But then if it hurts other people, yeah. it don't do you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's sort of, you know, religion has a – place everywhere mm. um but i particularly enjoyed this particular letter pointing out the hypo- hypocrisy, hypocrisy yeah. of modeling your life after someone like jesus and then just being complete assholes to, to women p- people yeah and to people who are not in your class yeah um it also touches on uh unpaid internships yeah well not internships but you know basically it's like we'll place you in 
from what I understand, it's like we'll uh, teach you how to be a housekeeper by keeping you as a housekeeper unpaid for six months, but, you know, you get you get to learn how to do it. Um, oh, wow. We'll I, be... I think um, unpaid internships are absolute dog shit. It I is... think they shouldn't exist. Yeah, it's horrible. It's like just... I, no one should be paid in exposure. No one should be paid in experience <sighs> with obvious exceptions like in the medical field where they – I think it's part of their education <laughs> right? where they have to – do placements, mm. but yeah, I think if you can't afford to pay someone, you shouldn't have them there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I remember once standing up for uh, a waiter that was on a trial when I was at, you know, I was <sighs> I just finished mm. uni. Mm. I was applying for jobs in regional Australia as a journo, mm. and while I was doing that, I was waitressing, mm. and I worked at this family cafe. And one day they trialed this young person. I can't remember boy or girl. Had them on for like five hours unpaid just as a How trial. did you know that they were unpaid? Oh, because um, because they told me. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. And, and I remember going up to the owner and just saying, this is this is so unfair. You need to pay them for this shift mm. or let them go. This is too long to be abusing this. It is, yeah. You should be able to tell by now. Mm. She said, don't tell me how to run my business. Yeah. Oh, it was, mm. it was on. Oh, my God. Well, good on you for saying that. No, I threw my apron in and mm. I left that job actually that day. Amazing. I did. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was hard. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Like, obviously, maybe try them for half an hour to see that they're not yeah, totally incompetent. Yeah, an hour incompetent. max. Yeah, you know? but, exactly. but even so, pay them, you Yeah, know? and be like, it's not going to work out. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, very briefly, unpaid internships are legal in Australia, but it's um, decided state by state. Right. Um, it is considered okay on a federal level that provided that the person is on a vocational placement, uh, placement. on a vocational placement. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that you don't have an employment relationship. But I think like anecdotally from what I know, people rinse this. Like, you know, mm. did you do work experience in high school? Oh yeah. 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 What did you do? As like a 15 year old, uh, ABC radio. Did you? Mm. Mm. I went to the Canberra Times. Oh, nice! And I loved it, and that yeah. really set me on the trajectory. I don't think I, I don't feel like I should have been paid for that. No, me either. <laughs> yeah, no, like, but I'm wondering, like you know, where does mm. the line of work experience versus internship begin? Mm. You know, yeah. And I do understand that, you know, when you're starting out um, after school, uh, the thing is, after school, you finish studying, and you mm. need to be working in. You get, need to be transitioning into the workplace mm. if that's what your yeah. goal is. Mm. Like I got a cadetship um, with the paper, Rural Press down Did the south Did you get coast. paid? Yes, I got paid twenty five grand a year. Yeah. Um, to learn how to be a journalist, mm. and and that's how you do, you just had low wages, and it was virtually being you're studying while you work. Yeah, but imagine, how to do the job. but imagine if you had been unpaid for that cadetship, and they're no like, way. "Oh, we're paying you an experience." I would have had to live on the street. It's yeah, not exactly. Possible. It's yeah. not, and also it's a very. Um, uh, class-based thing because in um you know they've got a lot of internships in things like pr and fashion and whatnot mm. um but you can only afford to do an unpaid internship if you have someone to support you exactly. such as a family i was going to say mm. in places like sydney where it's mm. exorbitant to live anywhere mm. there is no way a young person straight out of school could afford mm. to work for free yeah unless they can live with their parents or someone else for free mm-hmm yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's outrageous. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, have a guess when the uh, the first uh, minimum wage came in in Australia. Oh my god! Have don't a bash. Tell me, like the fifties? No, it's actually way before that. Oh, oh my god! I've got an entire research paper in front of me. You I'm do. just trying to find. Oh, okay. I'm just no. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Don't worry. I'm just trying to find. Like, um, okay, twenties? No. Oh wait, I got it. it was I got the it. Depression. Where I'm going to say thirties. Uh, 
Okay, here we go. Pressure for the minimum wage. I'm not reading the whole thing. I've just found that the piece that I'd highlighted here um, came from two sources. Uh, uh, Victoria is is where it all started, as in right. the state. Uh, the Anti-Sweating League, established in the 1890s by Protestant reformers to campaign against poor working conditions, um, basically led to workplaces to uh, remedy these problems. And then in 1896... Uh, a Victorian oh Act set an overall minimum wage. Oh, yeah. what? So still about 30 years after this article, but That's relatively, amazing. yeah. That's quite early on. Because if we didn't have minimum wage now, people would literally, like business owners would pay people a dollar an hour. I know. Mm. I know. I'd give them an inch. Good grief. Um, but yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your um, relationship to religion? Ah, so I was raised Catholic. Of course, I knew that. Yeah. Um, my parents took me to church from a young age in India. I might add. Oh, there are heaps of Catholics in Hyderabad where I grew up. Like, so you go to church every church su- every Sunday, Sundays, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, I did um, catechism, which is where the young kids learn. Uh, I don't know. They learn stuff about the Bible. Catechism sounds like a form of torture. It certainly mm. was. Uh, no, it wasn't that bad. Um, but then you do your first Holy Communion and I, there's a photo of me that my friend Belinda put on a mug as mm. merch. She said you should have this as merch. It's me and my parents at this church in India, mm. me dressed. Because basically it's like I don't know what goes on in the symbolism, but it's it's like marrying Christ. Oh, right, you know, it's okay. like being mm. taken into the fold or some mm. shit, but you're wearing a white dress and a little veil. It's as close as I've come to a wedding dress. And I was probably like Weird six. vibes from that Weird look. Weird vibes indeed. That in a kid. I'm no, smirking I, in the photo. I don't love and it. my mum and dad look like they're in the mafia. It's, really, <laughs> it's the 70s. Can, we, the can we get this? I can will. we post it to stories? Will, okay, so check out our stories at Chris and Sarah Wear the Pants um, oh, for that horrifying uh, picture. But as soon as we got back to Australia, mum and dad gave up on the church. Oh. Uh, didn't want to go anymore. Was it because they ha- had community there in India? That maybe they didn't need here. No, I think there was just this lag, you know. I think because they their parents were Catholic, mm. um, it just took them a while to give it up. Yeah, I right. think they also felt obliged because the Cathos really put pressure on their people yep. to keep the the children in the mm. in the fold. Yeah, and so Mum and Dad just gave me that original education through the church, and then went, "Nah, we're we're done now." Yep. And then I went through a Christian phase in year eleven. Uh, oh yeah, which Mum and Dad actually was that related to like a boy or something? Yes, it was a course. Of course, <laughs> course, it was a boy. Hello, I think Jeff, you've told me this story. <laughs> I think you've told me this story, but uh, t- yeah. tell our listeners. Oh well, I I like this boy. He was the son of a preacher man, and I turned religious. That's what happened. Ow. Um, Ow. it was uh, yeah. you know, and I gave it up eventually. Mm. Yep, and and Jeff he dropped me for a hotter Christian, oh. and I moved on. <laughs> Great, um, yeah. But it, did you have a, a re- relationship with religion? No, not at all. Born and raised atheist. Atheist, Br- right? Briefly, um, oh, not not specifically atheist, mm. but like no uh, religion, yeah. so to speak. Um, I had some friends who went because I grew up in a small town. I had some friends who went to church. So for a while I went to youth group, but it was more like a social thing. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of like Absolutely. the thing that you all do. Um, and then I also like a lot, like again with the same friends went to some like church theater camps, yes. like in the blue mountains, which was so much fun, yeah. like so much fun. Like we got to like make plays and this and that, and they were singing and, and stuff. And then like just sneaky, reli- well, not even yeah. sneaky, but like, you know, there was also religion sort of in there. Yeah. Um, but no, I, um, I've, I've had very little to do with, yeah. um, with religion. I feel like there are like 
religious experiences that aren't necessarily linked to a specific religion. Yeah, spiritual mm, experiences. That's the word I'm looking um, for. I did also, now that you mention it, I did lead youth weekends. I can so see that for you. It, it was, All right, I good day, guys. Oh, my God. Mm. I was so into it, Sarah. Was this Jeff related? No, this was. I had another boyfriend um, that was Catholic after Jeff, mm. and um, he was lovely. Still mates with him, and he was just a normal Catho. Mm. And um, so I just sort of toned it back into Catholicism. Mm. Got into the youth groups there. Started handing out First Holy Communion at. Well, you know, sorry. Like when you communion. say this is how not religious I am, is Holy Communion the one with the little bicky and the yes, wine? But it's body across. Yeah, right. Yeah. Once the priest mm. breath blesses it, apparently. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really got into that stuff. So where are you at with religion now? I don't believe in it. Yeah, great. What, I don't, I what? Don't, I'm happy for other people to do so um, as long as they're kind to others and mm. not, not mean and judgmental. Totally. Um, and uh, I don't – I don't know. I'm probably between agnostic and atheist. I, I feel like I don't know, mm. um, but also I, I, I mean, do you don't, know. <laughs> you don't necessarily need to no. as well. What do you think happens after we die? Oh, I wish. Mm. I wish we could all see each other again and it would all be fine and it all mm. happens again, but it won't. I, mm. I think we all turn to dust and, mm-hmm. and we live in memories, so we better be decent people while we're alive so people mm. remember us well. Great. Mm. What do you reckon? I have always had this idea that, like, when I die, it'll be like, and this is welcome to a comedy podcast. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no, but hear me out because my favourite situation is – everyone at a long table with really good food in the middle. And I just have this idea that like I'll walk in and be like, and everyone will be like, oh, hey, like we wanted where mm. you've been and then like walk in there and like everyone's there. That's it's kind of, but, how- but also I have a very cinematic bent. So I picture it like, you know, in like TV shows and stuff, like I picture it like that. Do you know what though? Mm. I, I think of that image, right? Mm. And I want that in life. Yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite thing to do is have dinner with friends mm. at my place. Mm. Me cooking, everyone sitting around the table. Doesn't matter what it is, we're just all there. But that's but that, what I like. If doing. I had to, if I had to live in some sort of afterlife, it would just be that. Yeah. But just a rotating roster of totally. you know people coming in and like that sort of thing. Like that would be my dream. Never ending dinner party. Yeah. But also weirdly, and this is a detail I need to like. The food in the middle, so everyone's kind of sharing and stuff, but there's always like an entire salmon because one thing I've always <laughs> wanted to do and I've never done it is cook an entire salmon like on a fire. Oh, wow. Mm. In 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 the um, glad wrap, um, alfoil? Uh, yes. How, well, however one does. Yes, right. Okay. Yeah, well, like anyway, that's something I could probably do while I'm alive. I think you all <laughs> – I think that's what your conscious is, subconscious is telling you. Yeah. 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 Yep. Just go and buy an entire – like do can it. you – I'll just like show up with an entire salmon <laughs> – be like, what do I do with this? Help. And you're like, oh, you've got to gut it. I'm like, no. Yeah, I know. I don't know what that is. Get someone else to cook it. Bring it over. Yeah, yeah, I think actually when you think about it, like you've got to live the life that you – yeah, you've got to just – Oh, exactly You've got to live the life Mm. that you want. Mm -hmm. Also, I have one more question. Um, How do you think this would have gone down, this letter in this newspaper? Because I think everyone read the newspaper Ooh, back I then. This, mm. oh, I reckon this person would have been hung, drawn and quartered. They were anonymous though. They yeah. they signed off their letter as one who wants to know, you know. Wow. Mm. Yeah, I think it would have caused quite a stir. Mm. I think I'm, the church would have been outraged. I'm surprised they published it, but it's, yes. it's, it's like 1867 clickbait. But you know what? South mm. Australia for yeah. the win. Yep. Honestly, most progressive state so mm. far that we've seen in all of the... Everything starts in the... If you're wondering who was the first to pass anything, it's usually South Australia. Yeah. Mm. Fascinating. Though um, your home state recently... ACT. Yeah. Though your home state recently are... Uh, 
uh, loosely looking at decriminalizing drugs. Yeah, yep, they've done that. They've already talked about no, they've talked about oh, right, that. Yeah. From, you know, they mm. did the first, I think, pill testing. You know, at, yeah. at mm. festivals and stuff. Mm. I think ACT is progressive. It's so progressive. Yeah. Did you know, the chief minister there, mm. Andrew Barr, has been in for a very long time. And honestly, Labor Party has been in for mm. decades. Yeah. it's I don't see it ever changing. The The public service is full of, you know, lefties. Mm. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's it's fascinating. It's a it's paradise. A, it's a, mm. it's a uh, what's the word for, it's an anomaly. Mm. You know, there's not many states in Australia where it is so one-sided. Mm. Usually there will be a variation in who wins state yeah, yeah. or whatever. But anyway. mm. Mm. Well, there you go. Anyway, we covered a vast range oh of topics. God, in the- yeah. <laughs> Good one, Sarah. That was excellent. Mm. Let's yes. take a little break and uh, and I'll read my story. We'll be back. This article today is from the Mercury Hobart, Tasmania. Um, Tuesday 30th of October 1923, page 9, Sarah. One sec. It is entitled... Sorry, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Oh, okay, okay great, so Pete. Found it. it. Yep, got okay. it. It's entitled Women's Magazines. Love it. Love it. In the course of my work, I've dipped into a great many different women's papers and magazines, and among them are those of which an English publication called Woman's Life is typical. This paper begins with a page called Gossip in which the first heading, um, perhaps the Queen's Umbrella and the next Musings for a Bride. I am quoting actual samples. Then comes an article called Easy Divorce and Elderly Wives. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, can I get a copy of that? That Sounds great. (laughs) Um, And another entitled My Husband and My Friend Should Have Married – wait – should a married woman have men friends? <laughs> Mixed up with these, these are some really good recipes and fashion hints, but I'm sorry for the woman whose life this magazine represents. Then there are others like the homemaker and some of the, sorry, the, it's that writing is yep. hard to read, mm. um, some, some American um, publications which are of a better stamp. There are also periodicals devoted entirely to society news such as Eve and other again others again of high order of which Good Housekeeping, an English magazine, and Woman's World, a Melbourne publication, are typical journals of those first mentioned. Um, anyway, except for the last three names, practically all of these magazines print what I have come to call husband hunting articles. I love that. Right? Though they are not generally so crudely named, they all deal with the same subject, namely how to attract men. This is good. Right? Yeah. It could have been written today. It literally could have been written today. (laughs) The advice given is of great variety and often contradictory. (laughs) Um, Just put egg on your neck. Oh, exactly. That's what it is. Um. Whether the style is suited to the lowest or the highest grade, it invariably tends in the same direction and one gets tired of the sight of these articles. There is another type of article which just seems as popular and that is the one which tells you how to deal with a husband once you have got him and gives unlimited advice on all the problems connected with married life. 
I don't suppose one woman in every thousand reads the articles ever attempt that reads the articles ever attempts to put the advice given into practice. Every woman worth her salt deals with her own problems of this nature according to her own lights. And one cannot help wondering why these articles even were ever written. Mm. Papers which are chiefly meant to appeal to men do not give columns of their space to advice such as how to win a wife or when a woman becomes unreasonable. It seems to be taken for granted that a man is capable of dealing with his private and domestic affairs without printed assistance. Not so with the women, apparently. It is a pity that editors of women's papers do not cut this type of cop out of their pages altogether and replace it with something a little more sensible and useful. There are so many things in the world that could be written about more profitable. What a great, (laughs) what a slam dunk, what a slam dunk of an article. Well done. How about Tasmania 1923? So that's um, 100 years ago, What was the date on it? Uh, Tuesday the 30th of October 1923. That's almost exactly so close. Yeah. Wow. So... Did you – I wanted to ask, do you have – what is your history with women's magazines? Oh, great question. So um, I grew up in the reign of Dolly and Girlfriend <laughs> magazine. So when I was kind of like late primary school, early high school, you had to have your Dolly magazine, you had to have your Girlfriend magazine. There was like the sealed section. It was just like a thin celebrity on the front. And yes. truly they were early husband hunting magazines because it was all like th- these hot boy celebrities, yep. stuff about how to do your nails, how, how to, to do your makeup, your fashion, yeah, all stuff to do with how to get a boyfriend. Dolly Doctor was fucking yep. unhinged. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then I after that I've never really uh, – mm. the only magazine I've ever subsi- subscribed to is um, uh, The Collective, which is like a, a women's entrepreneur magazine, right. uh, which I, ha- I had a subscription to for a very long time. But that was like interesting stuff about, you know, interesting women doing interesting things. And I, I stand by that magazine's great. Uh, and I th- I'm pretty sure it's still out there. But I – the only other interaction I guess would be at – uh, is it hairdressers? Yep. When you read, and there is something very Moorish about those oh, yes. tacky, like celebrity it's like having a bag of chips. You know, yeah, you, know you shouldn't, but it kind of it's kind of yum for a moment. It's always just to do with weight. That's the whole mm. thing. It's always just like Jennifer Aniston then and now. Or like, is this person pregnant? It's just trash. Yep. Like yep. people should be embarrassed. Yep. That their job is writing that sort of shit. Oh man. I mean, a yes. job's a job, but Christ almighty, like at some point, wouldn't you need to be like, oh. if you're one of those people waiting outside their houses to get like weird, unflattering photos to post, oh. like at some point you must look at yourself and be like, I'm part of an industry that's yes, a that's problem. that's a very good point. Mm. I, I, I don't know. Or do you just get so far into it that you just forget? Oh, man. Mm. You know how people get lost in their work and then they mm. think there's no way out of it? Mm. You know, well, this is what I am now. This is what I do. But also those photos that always end up in those sort of magazines are worth a lot of money. Yes. Mm. Because dumb cunts are reading this stuff. Mm. I'm sorry if you love this. I mean, I even love it sometimes. I'm a dumb cunt when I do read it. Mm. Um, I shouldn't even look at it, even though I didn't buy it, but Mm. I never buy it. Yeah. I too used to read Dolly. And mm-hmm. I, f- I loved it. Mm. I would get the posters of Michael J. Fox and put them on mm. my wall and Tom Cruise and shit like that. Orlando Bloom, yep. Uh, Orlando Bloom, <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, and I, um, after that, I think they're really – mum always got Australian Women's Weekly. What is – I mean, I, we know exactly what's in there because we read a lot of articles, but I'm just like – if I – you know, if you, if you do get the Women's Weekly, like is it for the 
recipes or for well, the – I think – Just to, something to read. Yeah, I think mum really loved um, the articles. Like mm. they're usually women's stories, like stories of women's mm. careers or Fair you play. Know, yeah. achievements or whatever. And often mum loves when they show inside their houses. Mum's a big fan of interior design. Um, Wendy, if you're listening, you absolutely must go on YouTube and go to Architectural Digest's channel. They do celebrity house walkthroughs. Oh. They do a new one every week and it is magnificent. Okay. You must, Wendy, I'm sure you're listening okay. and you must, you must listen, watch these. They're incredible. Mm. I will actually tell mum about mm. that and she will absolutely love that. I'll if you like it. seeing the inside of famous people's houses, they literally show you the whole thing. They walk you through it. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm. I think mum would absolutely mm. love that. It's great. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think it's those sort of things. Um, plus, yep, um, fashion shoots, you know, of el- mm. older women, mm. you know, because Women's Weekly, I think, and I'm I'm only guessing because I really don't read it, mm. um, has at least a little bit more representation of women over twenty, you know. And also, I, it's all coming back to me now. It's all coming <laughs> back to me. It's like those fashion spreads, but it's stuff from that you can get from Westfield. Bit, you know what I mean? And it's bit. not it's not Vogue. Because yeah. if you open Vogue, it's just like uh like you know like Chanel Chanel dress. It's a five thousand dollar sock. You price know? yeah, price on inquiry and it's like, mm. oh well I'm not that's yeah. not for me. Yeah. yeah, that's true actually. So yeah. I think that was that. But so um and then yeah, just what I'd see in the um salon, hair salon. Mm. Occasionally I used to buy Frankie magazine. Oh, yeah. You know, because it, it, it felt like it was the opposite of a glossy women's magazine. It had a moment. It had a moment. But even then, I I just, you know, I just stopped consuming, I suppose, mm. that sort of stuff. Because magazines really had a moment. Like, mm. I remember when, do you remember walking into a news agency on like a Saturday or whatever? Yes. And the entire middle section was just like, though I just remember there was like, um, again, perhaps reflective of where I grew up, but there was a huge like four-wheel drive yep. camping section. Oh, you know what? Of course. How could I forget? Uh, big, big period when I was a kid of dog magazines and horse magazines. Oh, cute. Of course yep. you did. So I uh, actually, I think it was called A Dog's Life and it was just a monthly thing about dogs. Oh. And I got yeah, it. You fucking loved that. Yeah, yeah. And I got pen pals from it because there was a pen pal page where you could be like, hey, like, my name's Sarah. I love dogs and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And then you just literally put your address Holy in the magazine, smokes. like, which is so psycho when you think about it. And then I remember <laughs> I hadn't got the, that month's copy yet. Oh my God, I haven't thought about this in years. I, I'm talking about, I'm maybe eight years old at this point. I think it was just before I got Patch, who was my dog. Um, and, or maybe it was just after I got Patch. Anyway, um, all these letters started arriving at my house, like addressed to me, and I hadn't realised that the magazine had come out. And I was like, "What is going on?" And then I, we went down to the news agency, and um, yeah, my address was in there, and I had a number of pen pals for many oh, years. That's adorable. Mm. I remember the pen pal days. I mm. think I had a couple. Yeah, it's it was a good vibe, you know. You know, there is actually a project that started up at COVID times. Mm. I'm not going to remember the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- it was, and it was basically about connecting people. I think it was called Connect Australia or something. Mm-hmm. And it was about getting people to sign up to be pen pals or write to lonely people. I think I right? love receiving things in the mail yeah. that isn't trash. I love receiving things in the mail. Absolutely. When I moved to Sydney, a friend of mine from Canberra Comedy, Sue, sent me a card to my new address mm-hmm. and then we just started a process of writing to to and from like mm-hmm. and and so every now and then I'd just receive like an, a letter from her great and then she and I'd send her one back and yes yeah. 
even though you can message people instantaneously, nothing like getting the it's yeah. The best. You got to get the physical letter. Yeah, you do, and you mm. feel really special receiving it. It's so good. Back, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I'm into the letters. We could start a pants letter program. We sure because like we hear from all like so many listeners, which is we're so lucky to do so. Oh but God. I think a lot of them have a lot of stuff in common, even I though they're too. they're writing to us from literally all over the world. Mm. Letters are a beautiful thing, and mm. I would be involved. I would, I would, I would sign up for that mm-hmm. if if anyone's interested. I will warn. However, my handwriting is. Mine almost has, illegible. Mine has gotten so bad. My hand is weak. It doesn't mm. know how to write anymore, mm. but I will push through mm. and just practice. Yeah, I wrote a card to a friend yeah. um, that I'm sending overseas and I had to really take so much time mm. to write it because I looked back on what I wrote. I'm just like, I don't even write the individual letters because I write in cursive. Yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, no, that's I, that, I haven't thought about oh, the, the dog's yes. life thing in years. Yeah, That's so cute. So yeah, um, I and I, I sort of looked up vaguely, like you know, what are the popular men's magazines mm. at the moment? GQ, mm. um, Men's Health, and uh, Sports Illustrator, or something like that. But they're also all online. You can just get a yeah, digital subscription. But the topics that men's magazines cover, you know, mm. as opposed to women's magazines. Mm. They're, they're far more about, you know, health and fitness. I mean, mm. I know their women's magazines are now mm. too, presumably. Yep. But there's only – they mention relationships at the very end. Mm. They don't talk about oh, relationships. Yeah. Relationships is not high on the priority. It's like I think they have their own toxic thing going on though with like the gym yeah. thing. Like it's just gross. By the way, if you're wondering what that noise was, we were in the most beautiful house owned by one of Chris's friends. Yeah. And I'm kidding you not, she's so good. She just came through, wrapped a present and walked back yeah, out. That is such a chick thing to do. Yeah, she, right? just, she just wandered through like beautifully gift wrapped something and then walked back out with it. And we were just, just what we were talking about. Shout out to Nina, who's sponsoring my existence yeah. at the moment. She's so, the best. Um, so Tim at it is probably like, what was going on in the background? Just girl stuff. Have you heard like sticky tape being yeah. opened up? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. Um. Yeah, the um the the magazines. It was such a big but also I believe now they call them zines. Yes. Ah, oh, it's a different thing though, Sarah. So my child is into zines and mm. they are a very particular thing. They are on like one topic. So you might mm. have a zine on the band The Cure, for mm. example. Or, you know, you might make one for an individual as a mm. present that's specifically on everything and that they love. Kind of tiny and just yes. arty. Arty yeah. and tiny and handmade mm. and only one copy of. Mm. They have zine fairs, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, mm. um, in Canberra there's this place called Smith's Alternative mm. Bookshop which does um, open mic comedy and performance comedy um, and they have a zine exchange every now and then. You great. know, my child's been mm. to it and people just bring their zines and they will – everyone that loves zines comes to this That's thing great. shows their little artworks Hell to each yeah. other. Mm. I mean, how wholesome is that? That is so wholesome. It is so mm. wholesome. Mm. Creating is wholesome. That's true. It is. Creating anything is wholesome. It is. By the way, I actually I, – I, before we wrap up, mm. I feel like it's kind of headed that way. I know. Um, I had a pants moment this week. Right. Where I was doing some gigs and a comedian who I have adored and respected for many years came up to me and was just like, I really like your songs. And then we had like a 15 minute conversation. It was just one of those moments oh, where I like, where like, if I could talk to me 10 years ago, it would be like, you wouldn't believe oh, that's what fantastic. happened. So that was just we so love nice. That. We're not going to mention the comedian. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I want to hear about it later. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? I'm just like, it's I just, it's just uh, like, and I was so stoked and it was just kind of a bit of a like pinch me kind of thing. That is the best. Mm. And also the fact that um, 
I just love it when someone who is like, you know, for want of a better word, like famous or experienced or whatever, takes the time to do that because they don't have to. Yeah. You know, they don't have to. I have to jump in and give mm. a, a, a pants moment, not for me, mm. but to camaraderie, right? Mm. Like oftentimes if I don't feel like a gig or if – sometimes it'll happen that you mm. – before you go to work, you'd, mm. you'd – you'd, you, you might be in tears or you might mm. not feel like it or something's gone wrong, but you still mm. have to get up and do your thing. Mm. I was in such a mood the other night mm. and there was this one individual I want to give a shout out to who mm. fucking turned me around, mm. Andrew Barnett. Oh He's my God, a beautiful soul, Bonnie. a very funny man. He has his own podcast called Crowd Crowdwork. Yeah. Um, you and I have both been on it. Also, I um, literally did a gig for um – uh, a charity gig that he was involved in organising last week. He's just the, He's the best of man. the best of dudes. Yes, he is. And mm. so shout out Pants Moment because that, you know, he could have just not engaged with mm. me. You could see that I had a bit of a, you know, dead behind the eyes face mm. and he just, what, he was great. Mm. He, great vibe. So, you know, mm. if anyone actually does that for anyone else, good mm. on you. That's Absolutely, the best thing you can do for because you can just you can just not, but these you, can you know, just not, but yeah. these these people in our industry just yeah. you know choose to like be do, kind, yeah, be kind, and it it shouldn't even be a talking point, but it is it because so it's is. it's not necessarily you know what I mean. <laughs> I <know. laughs> <laughs> so shout out to those people. Yeah, absolutely. And especially to him. Mm. All right. Well, that is that is Chris and Sarah for this week. Yep, absolutely. Uh, if you've listened this long, thank you so much. Grab tickets to our shows and please rate and review on your podcast uh, platform of choice. Um, otherwise, we'll uh, see you next week. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. This episode was mastered by Tim Duck at Verse Productions. Music by Yosef K and artwork by Century Comedy. Our podcast is hosted on Acast. Articles are sourced online through Trove at the National Library of Australia. Sources are listed in the episode notes. Send your pants moments, article suggestions or miscellaneous thoughts to chrisandsarahwearthepants at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at chrisandsarahwearthepants or on our own accounts at Christine Ryan Comedy or... Empire of Gaul, G-A-U-L. Thanks.